Now we have been teaching on the on um, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and so we're not done yet. So we continue. Amen. Today, particularly, you know, the Bible speaks about being born again, being baptized with the Holy Ghost, and it speaks about being filled with the Spirit. Today, we're gonna head on this pathway of answering this question, addressing this issue: Why? Being filled, and I notice why, 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 not only why should we be filled with the Spirit, but why should we be being filled with the Spirit? Why should being filled with the Spirit be an ongoing, continuous thing in our lives? Amen? Hallelujah. So let's begin by turning to John chapter 16. Now, of course, there's some scriptures we're going to turn to, but for the sake of time, um, there are a lot of scriptures that I will, that I will. I will simply quote, amen? John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus said, John 16, verse 7, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you. It is to your advantage. It's profitable for you. It's good for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter, the Paracletus, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, He will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send Him unto you. And in verse 13, He says, When He, the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of ultimate reality, when He has come, He will guide you into all truth, into all reality. He's going to take you into what is real. Not just what is apparent. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And blessed are your ears as they hear. He shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things. He will show you things to come. He will glorify me, because he shall receive what's mine, and he's going to show it to you. And all that the Father has, Jesus said, is mine. Therefore I say to you, he's going to take what's mine, which is what is of the Father, which is mine. He'll take it and he'll show it to you because the truth is, it's also yours. You're, you're an heir of God and you're a joint heir with me. So the Holy Spirit will take what's mine and show it to you and make it real to you. He will take what I have already done and accomplished in my death, burial, resurrection, ascension, shed blood. And he will reveal it unto you. He will make it real to you. Every victory that I've already accomplished when I said it's finished. When I defeated hell, death, the grave, sickness, disease, poverty, lack. Every victory, every torment, every torment that I took. Every victory that I have won on your behalf. The He, the Holy Spirit, will take that victory which also belongs to you. And make it real to you so that it becomes your experience. Understanding that it is very necessary that I go away so that the comforter could come, so that when he can come, but so that when he comes, he'll be able to fulfill his ministry in taking what I've already done in the sacrifice and making it your reality. Amen. Now in Romans chapter 8, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. That sounds a little bit more like it. Romans chapter 8. And verse 26. 
It says, likewise, the Spirit also himself, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. Say the Spirit helps our infirmities. Now that word infirmities comes from a Greek word that sounds something like astinos or something like that. And it means lacking strength. He helps us where we lack strength. Uh, helps us in our weaknesses and in our inability, both spiritually and physically. So he helps. There are areas where we are weak. There are areas where we are weak physically. There are areas where we are weak spiritually. And he comes to help. Now, just to, 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 to get a, a picture of what is his helping the, the, Bible says, the Bible calls him um, the, the, the comforter, which is a paracletos, is the Greek word for it. And, it's, it's, uh, and it is to say that he comes alongside you to help. He's, uh, he's already also described as the helper. Now, so does to get a, a, a picture of his helping, so to speak. Let's, look, let's consider sicknesses and disease just for a little bit. There's five different kinds of sicknesses. There is what is called NOS, N-O-S-O-S, which is a, a sickness where it's a terminal disease, and unless you have a miracle, it's not good. It's a terminal disease such as cancer and that kind of thing. Um, then there's another kind of sickness called Malachian in the Greek, which is a crippling, debilitating disease. You can live with it, but it attacks, you. it attacks your nervous system, it attacks your muscles, it can create paralysis, it can, and it, it's tormenting, it's like MS or polio. Well, we know that Jesus healed them all, and we could go to the healing side and quote scriptures. Nevertheless, Jesus healed them all. So, and then number three, there's one called, there's a sickness that is falling in the category of K-A-K-O-S, which is mental affliction, confusion, torment, oppression. Again, Jesus heals them all. There's a fourth category, which is M-A-S-T-I-G-O-S, mastigos, which is like a plague. Like, what, remember the woman with the issue of blood? It's a torture. It, 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 it strikes you again and again. It's like migraine headaches. It hits you, goes away, comes back and hits you again. It's like allergies. Keeps coming, keeps coming. Epilepsy. Well, again, Jesus heals and Jesus still heals. And then number five, there's another category called A-R-R-O-N-S-T-O-S, or what we call comatose, which is being at the very edge of death. Right? Now, actually, Mark chapter 16, verse 18, a verse that we quote, it says, They shall lay hands on the sick. And that word sick, actually, is that same word. Arostos, which means the comatose. Can you imagine that? You shall lay hands on those that are even in a comatose place, and they shall recover. All right. I say all of that to say this. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, if we take these physical sicknesses and we flip them over into the spiritual realm, because they're a type of the spiritual, without the help of the Holy Spirit, what's happening? Nosos, we are without hope. 
We are without hope. We are in a, a, a terminal state, negatively speaking. We are in a, a malachious place, which is helpless. We are crippled. You know not what to pray for as you ought. There's a, there's, a, there's a paralysis in our lives, not being as effective as, as God has designed us to be. We don't know how to pray as we ought. And then there is number three, the, 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 um, the caucus or the mentally confused place. Not knowing what the will of God is and which way to turn. Amen. We, you see, for all of this, we need the helper, the Holy Ghost. Number four, musty, musty ghost or whatever it is, which is this where we've got problems and that problem keeps striking. It keeps striking. It goes back, but then it keeps striking and it keeps reoccurring as opposed to it being smothered, finished, done, and we move on. We need the help of the Holy Ghost. And then there's the comatose state, spiritually comatized and, and can't do anything. We need the Holy Ghost. Amen? Now, here is, here, is a, here, is a, here is a situation. The reality of it is, without the Holy Ghost, we cannot get, we cannot reach our potential. We cannot, um, the obje- the, God's very purpose for our life would be hindered. And the Holy Spirit, His ministry is to bring us into the destiny Bring us into the purpose. Bring us into the full potential that God has for us. Amen? Now, hey, what is, what is the full potential? What is the purpose? What is it that God has for us individually? Here is what it is very, very simply. The whole objective is simply this. That we would live the life of Christ. That Christ himself would be our life and that is the standard in fact when the enemy when the bible says in isaiah 59 verse 19 that, that um, when the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the lord will lift up a standard against him that standard is the standard of christ and god wants to lift it up through you and i amen when it says in colossians chapter 3 verse 3 and 4 you are dead and your life is hid with christ in god And when Christ who is your life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Let's break that down. Colossians 3 verse 4. When Christ who is your life, he is your life. Christ is your life. The Bible says in Galatians 2 verse 20, you have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless you live. Yet it's not you, but it's Christ that liveth in you. And the life that you now live is the life of Christ. So here, Colossians 3 verse 4 is saying, when Christ, who is your life, is the very essence of your inner being, when he shall appear, not a word appear, a better way to understand it is when he is unveiled. In other words, imagine you have something and it's, you know, this beautiful treasure, but it's all wrapped up, it's wrapped up, it's veiled, you can't see it. And that is the life of Christ in your spirit. But when the life is unveiled, when the life of Christ, when Christ who is your life is unveiled, when he appears, then shall also you appear. Then shall you be seen for who you really are. Because who you really are is the life of Christ. And to the degree that that life of Christ comes forth and is unveiled, to that degree you are made manifest. Are you with me? So here the Holy Ghost has come and his ministry is to bring forth that life and to cause you to be conformed to the image of Christ. 
That's what it says in Romans 8 verse 29. So that you would be so conformed to the image of Christ. Now you see, you got, that is why we need our heart enlarged to believe this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 15, God says that we are to be the fragrance of him in every place. And I believe when you come into the throne room, God gets excited because he, he smells you coming. He smells the fragrance of Christ. But he wants that fragrance of Christ, not only for him to smell it when you come into the throne room, but for that to be wherever you are, that life of Christ, that fragrance of Christ, that character of Christ, that person of Christ, that love of Christ, that power of Christ, to be, to saturate and affect the very atmosphere. We are the fragrance of Christ in every place. In another place, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 3, it says we are to be what? We are the epistles of Christ. Written, not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It's the spirit of the living God that is at work within us to cause us to be this epistle of Christ, to be read of all men. So the whole objective is that life of Christ coming forth. Amen? Now, let's understand this. So the Holy Spirit has this ministry to bring forth that life of Christ. But he is a helper. Helper. Say helper. helper. Now, you see, the fact that it is, he's a helper in and of itself, and he helps us with our infirmities. He helps us in these areas of weaknesses. He helps us in these areas where there is lack of knowledge. He helps us so that we're not in that crippling state. We're not in that terminal place. We're not in that mentally oppressed place. We're not in that place whereby, where, whereby we're going along in circles and circles and circles and not having the deliverance and the freedom and the liberty that Jesus has paid for us to have. He is our helper. But now, I want you to understand this issue about helping. He is a helper. Helper. Now, if I had this piano and I needed to move this piano, and I say, come help me, and you come up here to help me, but when you come up to help me, I back off. And I, you got to lift the thing by yourself. Hey, come on, that ain't right. right. If you are a helper, you take one, you take one end, I lift the next end. We are in this thing together. So the Holy Spirit is not, he, we are co-workers together with Christ, it says. Does it not? If he is a helper, then we are, he, we are working, he's working together. We are to work together. <laughs> he is working together with you. He is not working for you. Hello? We want the Holy Ghost to work for us. <laughs> he is working with you. Which means there is a part that you've got. There is a part and a participation that, and that you are responsible for. The Holy Spirit is not going to do all your praying. You've got a part in it. He helps you to pray. He helps you. Amen. So we don't just sit around and wait for him to do it. Don't work that way. You gotta, because don't forget, so which, which leads to what? It leads to the fact that here is his ministry to bring forth this life of Christ, cause us to function in this, cause us to come into the full plan and purpose and, and, and destiny that God has for us. But at the same time, because he's a help, it means then that he has to have your cooperation. Your cooperation. Does that make sense? All right, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. <clears throat> Glory to God. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God 
and listen to this phrase the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all the communion of the Holy Ghost Amplified says the communion the sharing together and participation in the Holy Spirit amen now that's the phrase I want you to capture this issue because we're talking cooperation here and the word communion of the Holy Spirit communion in the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit that communion of the Holy Ghost has to do with so many things it has to do with fellowship I like to think of fellowship two fellows in the same ship amen partnership cooperation yielding can you imagine two of us trying to I mean we're trying to lift this piano and you going that way and I'm going that way there's gonna have to be some yielding or we're not gonna get the job done that is why it's going to say later on in Ephesians 5 verse 18, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 21, submitting yourself. Amen? Because it's going to take some submitting, some yielding, some cooperation, some obedience. So that word fellowship, communion with the Holy Spirit, has to do with fellowship, partnership, cooperation, yielding, submitting, surrendering, obedience obedience sensitivity <laughs> all right so sensitive in fact that he can guide you with his eye hallelujah parents know how to do that with their kids i remember when we were small growing up in church right we used to go to the anglican church i mean we weren't born again and stuff thank god we did go to church and so on and I mean, me and my sisters, and we'd be sitting in church, and you, you know, you, and, and you're, you're sitting with your mother, and, 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 and you know, as kids, you, you fidget, you hit one another, and you, you, you do things that you shouldn't be doing. And I'm telling you, all your mother had to do sometimes is just, just look at you. Just give you the eye. And once she looked at you, man, that was enough. You immediately, she was able to instruct you with her eye. <laughs> Amen. Well, I believe God wants us to be so sensitive to the Spirit of God that in a sense, we can sense His nudging, sense His yielding. He can instruct us with His eye. Hallelujah. Being, are we going to get to this? But this cooperation, this communion, this fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it is one to the point where you are so abandoned, so yield to Him, that you are pretty well possessed by the Holy Spirit in a good way. Where he dominates your thoughts and your thinking and your speaking and your attitudes and your behavior. You see, in the church world, we have settled for so much less. We are impressed by things that God is not necessarily impressed with. Because God is looking for us to decrease and him to increase. God is looking for us to be in that place where for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Hallelujah. But this communion, this fellowship is personal, it's intimate. It involves being best friends with the Holy Ghost. It, it's talking about relationship, developing in that manner. And in that place, he is able to be this helper. Amen? All right. Let's, let's, let me put this a, a, another way. This cooperation with the Holy Spirit begins, first of all, when you are born again. That's the first step. The Bible says you must be born. Jesus said you must be born again. He says if you're not born again, you can't even enter into the kingdom. You can't see into the kingdom. But it does say that as many as receive him, as many as would confess that Jesus Christ is raised up from the dead and declare him as Lord, 
and Savior shall be saved. They are born again of the Spirit of God and sealed by the Holy Ghost and they enter into the kingdom of God and they are literally baptized or immersed into the body of Christ. They become part of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For by one, first Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into the body of Christ, whether we be Jew or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member but many. That applies to every single person that is born again. Amen? So that is where it begins. This cooperation begins, first of all, by coming into the kingdom of God and being born again of the word and of the spirit of God. Amen? But then the second step is what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've studied that in a couple of different lessons. I mean, there are many records of it in the word of God in Acts chapter 2 in um, when they were, on the day of Pentecost, when they were all baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. And then again in Acts chapter, um, what is it? Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 6, 19, Acts chapter 10, and then Paul in Acts chapter 9. I mean, at least five references, and we've studied that out before. We can't go back to it now. Where sometimes it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's called being filled with the Holy Spirit. Another time it says, but the Holy Spirit come upon them. Whatever it is, but it was an experience beyond being born again. Amen. And we've studied that out why it is so necessary. Well, Jesus said it is expedient. It's better for you. It's more advantageous. You see, when you, when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, then the various ministries and the various things that the Holy Spirit needs to be doing in your life becomes amplified. Amen. And therefore, and without it, you know, you're walking around, but you're kind of like hindered. Right? You kind of like, uh, like, like as we were just saying, you, you're kind of crippled. But the Holy Ghost has come to, to affect us, to help us on these areas. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is part of it. That, that is, that is, it, it, it is to amplify things. It's to amplify the Holy Spirit ministry, which is to make real to us what Jesus has already accomplished. Right? It is so now let me go a little further. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the purpose of bringing you under total, now let me amplify this, under the total control of the Holy Spirit in your thinking, in your actions, in your speaking, not just when you're preaching, but all the time. It is to bring you into the place so that you become as Jesus is. You see, you as Jesus is, so are you in this world. First John 4, 17. In your spirit, you are as Jesus is. But guess what? It might not necessarily be so in your attitudes, in your actions, in your speaking, in your behavior, in your conduct, in your etc., etc. So the Holy Spirit has a ministry to help us to become conformed to who we are on the inside. To help us, to, yes, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. But as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Therefore, we ought to be as Jesus is in this world. And the Holy Spirit comes to bring us, to conform us to that image of Christ. Which means what? To be as Jesus is, to call us, to cause us to be what is called in Hebrews 1 verse 7. God says, I will make them, my ministers, flames of fire. Amen. God is on the inside. God is a fire for that fire to begin to consume us and to flow out of us. God says in another place that we, you are my battle axe. Jeremiah 51 verse 20. 
Isaiah 41 15 says he's going to make you a sharp threshing instrument having teeth which is a powerful harvesting tool so to speak not to mention what it, how it can shred the enemy we are to be the light of the world amen we are to be oracles of God now oracles of God is not just speaking the word of God but it is speaking as God amen anybody could take the word of God and speak it but it's to speak as God you know sometimes you see we read these scriptures and we water them down but listen to what it says first Peter chapter 4 verse 11 if any man speak let him speak as the oracle of God oracles of God whoever renders service let him do it with the strength which God furnishes with God's strength that God in all things may be glorified let him speak as an oracle of God let him do it as one who utters oracles of God that is why Paul prayed Paul a man filled with the Holy Ghost and power and, and had been caught up in the third heavens Paul prayed Paul asked the believers rather in the, in the end of Ephesians chapter 6 after he told them put on the whole arm of God and praying always with all prayer and supplication and watching there unto for all the saints and he said and pray for me that utterance might be given me so that I may make known the gospel boldly Paul is asking people to pray for him that he would have divine utterance that he would so that he would be like Jesus Jesus says the words that I speak they're not my own it is the father's words whatever I hear that's what I speak God wants us to be in a place where we are so blended we are so molded we are so consumed with the Spirit of God and with the life of Christ that it is no longer us but it is him speaking through us are you with me right now you see we don't think that way but this is what how God thinks we don't we settle for a lot of little lower level stuff when God has God who is perfect in all of his ways desires a perfection but it's not a perfection where he's desiring it of you as much as he's desiring to produce it through you the Bible speaks about the perfecting power of the blood that can make us perfect to every good work Hebrews chapter 13 verse 20 and 21 but there is a cooperation there is a yielding there is a pursuit there is a hunger there's a desiring that we have to have amen blessed be the name of the Lord God wants to God wants us to be his mouthpiece glory to God so here is the Holy Spirit and this is his ministry this is what he's after he is I mean he's come from the heaven he is here he proceeded from the father and the son he's here to take what Jesus has done make it real to us he is here to bring us into the fullness of all that God has desired for you that's his ministry amen that's his ministry he wants I mean I mean God could have said okay they're born again blood is being shed sins are forgiven or let them just come up to heaven but no he didn't do that amen God could have settled for the fact that the price was paid and they're forgiven and so but no it was more than forgiveness the Bible says Jesus came to bring many sons to glory Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 that means what to bring many sons into the very excellence and the very essence of God and his very own being so God was not gonna settle for less okay Adam fall okay let's just get them forgiven no 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 God you see God is such that man look I believe if you if if this table here if this is God's table and you somebody came and break it 
and God decided to fix it, when he fixes it, it's going to be better than it was before. Think about that. That's how God is. Amen? So when the devil thinks he messed things up with Adam, God says, I'm going to make it better than that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Through the second Adam. Everything that was lost, I'm going to restore. I mean, in fact, I'm going to restore all things to my original intent and purpose. Colossians 1 verse 20. Amen? That's the peace of the new covenant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, because, because, so, oh, let's, let's back up. So, how are we to cooperate? How does this work? Number one, it starts by being born again. Number two, it is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But now understand what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for. It is to bring us to this place where we are so consumed with the life of Christ and with the Holy Ghost. And because of that, because that's the purpose of baptism, therefore, number three, be filled, saturated, continually with the Holy Spirit. You see why? In other words, the, in other words, the baptismal Holy Spirit is a mechanism. But now you got it. He says, here's what you got to do. You got to be continually filled with the Spirit. And the word filled, Ephesians 5 verse 18, be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Talks about the fact, is a better word, is be saturated. 